0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 995, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 13th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast, I'm your host Adam Chapman, this is episode 995 as we're looking at, uh, taking a look today at some of the books that came out on July 13th. Um, I'm recording this on the 21st, we've already had new comics come out since, but let's take one last look at the week of the 13th, why don't we? Uh, first up, we have um, some of the books that I won't be talking about today, but I wanted to quickly mention, we got Captain Marvel, uh, this is issue number 39, i love the cover with the Daily Bugle on it like that, although I guess you know the Daily Bugle really hasn't been the same in many, many years. Um, We've got Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Superman, number one. We've got Future State, Gotham, I Am Batman, Immortal X-Men, uh, Marauders, Moon Knight, New Mutants, Punisher, uh, Rogues, Savage Avengers, Spider-Man 2099, Exodus, uh, Spider-Punk, Superman, Son of Kal-El, and Wolverine, and Wonder Woman. Uh, so that's some good books. So what did I read? I actually wrote, read a fair bit, but I'm actually, it's going to be a relatively short episode anyway. Uh, first up, we have Axe, Eve of Judgment, number one, um, which I, or, or sorry, not, uh, hold on, yeah, Eve of Judgment, number one. Can't say I was super interested or really enjoying this, to be honest. Like, I just, this feels very forced as an event. It doesn't feel as natural as it, you know potentially could be. Um, so I found myself kind of not as engaged as I wanted to be. Um, it's written by Kieran Gillen, artwork by Pasquale Ferry, color art by Dean White, letters, and designer is virtual colleague Cloak uh, Clayton Cowles. Um, so I just feel like there's a lot of heavy lifting here and to get people up to speed on kind of who the Eternals are in the comics, and they've had a lot going on in their own book, um, but we just kind of move into something else. And so I just found... I don't know. I wanted to be engaged and interested, and some of it was interesting with the idea that this bomb that was going to be used to kind of destroy Krakoa—sorry, k- Kokoa, but it didn't end up working. So you know, the Ternals are going to have to do something else to get rid of mutants. Um, I just don't know if I really get all of it here. Um, but I guess it's the idea that you know, mutants are kind of like deviants, so they should just take care take care of them. I- I- it feels forced as an event, and I don't know if that's actually fair. Um, and, and maybe it'll be really interesting and engaging. But reading this chapter, I just felt like I wasn't super into it, and I feel like you, if you're really into the Eternals, I think this you'd get more out of this. And it just feels like this is the new Inhumans versus X, you know, or well, in this case, X Men. Um, you know, so it makes sense with you know the Avengers being the the franchise that people really respond to these days and is in the media, and then Eternals who recently had a movie, and then you also have the X Men who are like the next MCU thing. It makes sense to kind of put them all in a you know figure out a way to kind of spotlight all, all of them together. But um, so far, I'm not super impressed or interested. But you know, maybe it'll take a different direction. Uh, next up is Captain Carter number four, which is proving to be such a, a really enjoyable uh, different take in the Marvel Universe using the Captain Carter character, written by Jamie McKelvey, artwork by Marika Cresta and Matt Miller doing the color art. Um, I just thought this was enjoyable and a lot of fun. You know, it's a variation on the kind of Captain America type character, but I feel like it's found a way to do so much more than just be, you know, like a, a weird remix of, of Greatest Hits, but with Peggy being, you know, the Captain America stand-in as Peggy Carter. Instead, it feels like it's very different. Like, you have her working with Betsy Braddock. You have her working with a very different version of Tony Stark, which is interesting. Like, it just feels very different and fun and engaging and you have like vampires and I just feel like they're trying something different and again I am really leaning into you know what does Captain Carter mean or what could she mean in a different world and it's not just a familiar mc uh, sorry, I'm, uh, MU Marvel Universe, but it, it does feel different. It's, it's got similarities in so, uh, certain ways, obviously, but not in the way you'd expect, and not as obvious as you'd expect. And I think that's what I'm really enjoying about this book is that it doesn't feel obvious. They're not taking the obvious route in terms of the, you know, what they could do with the characters because we've all seen that type of story where they kind of do a stand-in or like you've read What If comics where things end up you know kind of turning out very similar but different um, with a different character. Whereas this feels like it's a wholly different world, and they're really taking Advantage of the opportunities of you know what does Captain Carter look like? She's not in the U.S., so what does her adventures look like? And you know, figuring out how to use Betsy Braddock as a way of you know having a, a different character that she can kind of team up with that's not typical to a Captain America style character. So it's been really enjoyable and interesting to to see this type of mixing of uh, flavors and characters. So I'm really enjoying it. So I'll be sad when it's over. Uh, next up, we have Daredevil number one, The Red Fist Saga Part One by Chip Zdarsky, who's actually on the next episode as I Speak and Marco Cicchetto, and Matthew Wilson on color art, um, and this was just a, a lot of fun all the way through. Not fun may be the wrong word, but it very much. I guess the only knock against it is that it's clearly a, it's just picking up where Devil's Reign and the most recent Daredevil and Daredevil Woman Without Fear um, books ended. So if you haven't been following, I think it would be a bit confusing as to exactly what's going on and why it kind of jumps right into the middle of it, and it doesn't feel like it's really um, a new beginning like this doesn't feel like a jumping on point per se that being said if you've been reading chip sadowski's run it's a fantastic continuation it's obviously pushing the character in a new direction um and he's going to do new things and kind of move on from new york um so it's really interesting to see what comes of that um and so that's great and then you also have the kind of the backup here by uh, also by chip uh, but it's called the island by with uh, rafael de la torre on art uh, which is just Fantastic! Like having both these artists in this one issue is such a gift. Uh, the chip to be able to have you know these top storytellers to really be able to launch this new Daredevil book with two different characters under the Daredevil moniker. Um, this was a real treat. It was a lot of fun and enjoyable, and I heavily recommend it. Uh, next up is Fantastic Four forty-five, and I have to admit, I never read the Reckoning War. I kind of was like, you know what? I feel like I'm so far behind in Fantastic Four, but I kind of wanted to read this anyway. Uh, so this is the final watch uh Dan Slot and Farid Kar- uh, Karami or the, uh, the creative team with Jesus Abertov on color art and Virtual calligraphy Joe Caramagna on letters with Cafu doing the cover art. Um, this kind of ends the, the, the major arc of the Reckoning War and sets up a whole new status quo for Uatu and Nick Fury. Uh, I can't say, like, what I like about Dan Slott's writing more often than not is that even if I haven't, and in this case I haven't, I read the, you know, the number of issues that came before it, um, I still felt like I understood more or less what was going on, because he gives you enough to go on um, that if this was your first random issue of FF you would kind of get it. Some things are confusing and some of the there's a lot going on Um, and it doesn't feel like you know like a page is is, is misused in that respect that there's so much packed in but I just feel like you get your money's worth and you get a lot of different plot elements and there's enough for you to understand to be able to move forward. Um, And I think that's a tremendous asset in a book like In Fantastic Four is that, you know, people will sometimes pick it up and wanna give it a shot. And there's a lot here to enjoy and it's really packed with enjoyable material. Uh, and last but not least we have the X-Men Hellfire Gala. Um, which I did enjoy um, Didn't know what it was at times Or what it wanted to be um, But I thought it, it actually gave a fair bit um, And it's obviously picking up off of Where the recent X-Men run has, has, has been uh, It's written by Jerry Duggan With Chris Anka, Russell Dodderman, Mateo Loli And C.F. Villa credited as artists with Rain Burrito, Frank Martin Matt Miller and Matthew Wilson as color artists uh, And Corey Pettit on the, uh, the letters and design uh, or sorry, just letters I guess designed as Tom Muller with Jay Bowen um, and I enjoy this it was it was extra packed there was a lot in here it was very long um, but I think you know if they're going to keep doing these galas every year I mean give us a good piece of content and that's what this was and I really like the idea first of all like you see, it's clever here storytelling because like you, you, see the issue and you kind of go through it and there's a lot going on. Like you think that the Avengers are storming the beach, but it turns out it was just like an exercise and that's a whole thing. You have the, the classic Marvel universe thing where everyone get kind of finds out about the fact that the resurrection is out there and people know that mutants are able, being able to resurrect themselves and what that could mean. So you have Cleo finding out about it, you have the FF finding out about it, you have Tony and Steve from the Avengers finding out about it. You have obviously Orcus finding out about it, You have um, Moira and McTaggart who I'm, really kind of out of the loop on her because i didn't really read all of x lives yet um and the fact that mary jane watson is here i guess i hadn't read uh, the judgment day uh, free comic book day issue i know i haven't because uh, i was like whoa why is mj here what is going on uh, which is so bananas um but I, I found this incredibly enjoyable and engaging there's a lot of plot sorry, character development here like with sync for example he's definitely aging up um Again, a lot of you know, you have a new X Men team being chosen. You have John Ham making a few different appearances, which is kind of entertaining. Um, you have Spider Man, you know, in a, in a crazy costume here, and he has an interesting issue with uh, you know he senses that something's wrong with MJ here. Um, I just thought this was chock a block with really good characterization and moving these characters forward in this one shot, which could have been more fluff and kind of silliness, but it felt like there was a lot more. Uh, Uh, what's the word substance here and not just style um so i thought this was a really enjoyable issue there's a lot here Uh, as i said there's you know a whole mj and uh, spider-man story which kind of which is interesting um which you know is looks like it's going to be continued in amazing spider-man number nine so i'm excited to see um this kind of team up between spider-man and wolverine in that particular issue um so this was this was interesting and uh, i'm excited to see what, what happens next and I did like that there was a brief mention to um, Spider-Man vs. Wolverine when they had a Berlin situation. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool too. So was. I thought this was a really enjoyable issue. A lot of good things here. There's a lot of interesting ideas. As I said, like you know, this really feels like it's setting the, the table for a, a whole host of new stories. Uh, as well as picking up the baton of recent stories as well. Um, so this is going to be good and I'm really excited about it. Uh, And then last, oh, sorry, I guess that was it. That was the last issue I was going to talk about today. Uh, So it's really not, um, you're not going to be disappointed, I think, with the Hellfire Gala because there's so much packed in there uh, for you to enjoy. Uh, which is nice that you're that, you know if they're going to give you an extra big sized issue you wanted to really bring the goods, um, and it was the books that come out on the twentieth which I'll be talking not on the next episode well actually in the next reviews episode but it won't actually be for a little while I think it's going to be a week and a half delayed um, so it'll I'll be talking about books that came out on the twentieth and twenty seventh which means I'll still probably talk about like four books total um, but some of the books coming out include DC sorry hold on uh, July twentieth we got uh, Superman. Bat, sorry, Batman Superman World's Finest number 5 Aquaman of the Flash Void Song New issue of Black Adam, Dark Crisis Young Justice DC League of Super Pets, The Great Mixie Up, um, you got Fables uh, Lo- Looney Tunes, The Nightwing which is again such a fantastic book right now it's really enjoyable uh, you got Axe Judgment Day uh, Avengers, you have uh, Defenders Beyond, Iron Man Uh, Knights of X, Maestro, World War M, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, The Moon Knight, Black, Widow and Blood, New Fantastic Four, Savage, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, and the Ten Rings, She-Hulk, Spider-Man, Gwenverse, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Star Wars, Han Solo, and Chewbacca, Star Wars, The Marvels, and Venom Lethal Protector Number 4. So a bunch of stuff that uh, just came out yesterday as I'm speaking. So thanks again for listening to the show. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.